one. It's a uh, beautiful Sunday afternoon. I'm in uh, Tribeca. My wife is off on a girlfriend's weekend, and my kids are coming back from a uh, birthday party with uh, their best friends. So all in all, life is pretty good. And so as I've been thinking about the world and my general role in trying to make it a better place for me and my kids and everyone, you know, I, I started to realize when I was at this gathering yesterday in uh, Queens with a bunch of DJs and a bunch of street vendors and amazing truck food, you know, I imagined, you know, wow, isn't this what it's all about? Having just a, a beautiful day and dancing and meeting people and everybody being nice and, you know, people that are smoking, smoking and cleaning up their garbage and everybody taking care of themselves. You know, it was much more of a liberal Burning Man community. So when people met you, they hugged you and they, you know, give you a kiss on the cheek. And these aren't people you know, but this is in a subculture of people with certain values and a focus on a way of life. And so, you know, today is uh, day 49, no alcohol for me. And, you know, the, the realization in, in not drinking is that I, I gain so many hours back to spend time with things that I want to do. So rather than that time competing with family or competing with work, I've basically, I've gained back that time. Doesn't mean I'm not going out. I'm still going out. I'm still doing all of the social things. I just am not adding alcohol as a chemical. And, you know, that impact on the body, you know, for me as I've gotten older, now, you know, even if I only do what the doctor says and have two glasses of red wine, you know, I'm going to wake up from the sugar somewhere between 1 and 3 o'clock in the morning. And if I drink more than that, not only do I have the sugar, I'm a little sweaty. You know, that, that can't be good for your body, especially when we know Arianna Huffington put out a book on sleep and meditation, which I agree with um, as a you know, new committed practitioner of transcendental meditation and a um, long-time practitioner of yoga, you know, part of what I've realized is that when I look around the world at all of these different levels, we've made things so much more complicated than they have to be, right? You know, if, if you think about you know, settling a, a new land, whether it's, you know, Jews out of Egypt or, you know, people settling in a, a new colony over here in America, you know, people had to learn how to provide food, right? This is very, very similar to the challenges we have as a race colonizing another, another celestial body, right? Remember, we, we started... Right? First advent of technology was that guy that was like, oh my God, that lightning just hit a tree. Look at that fire. What can we do with that? That allowed you to cook food and heat things and eventually heat metal and all of these different things all started with, you know, Mother Nature. Right? 
some organic materials. And there were no chemicals, nothing, nothing not that wasn't in the universe. And I think what, what I'm starting to realize is we look at not only the mental health of the world, but the physical health of the world, is that in our colonization of this planet, we've tried all different things to solve all different problems. Right, so why did we start processing food and using microwaves? Well, you know, that was, that was part of, you know, the entire evolution post-World War II and the industrial, you know, of this country. It's part of putting women in the workplace. It was part of trying to, you know, support large-scale supermarkets, right? Remember, those are like food distribution hubs. When you lived in a village, there was no supermarket, right? But if you watch at the villages in Alaska today... They do pool resources. They do band together as a community. When the most vital things that the rest of us take for granted, at least in, in uh, you know, first world, food, water, shelter, power, right? These are all things that have been ongoing themes over the years for me to think about as they lead to one objective, which is to live long and be happy. And maybe, you know, you don't live long, but you're happy when you do live. And, you know, what I saw yesterday, I was reminded at the ripe young age of 45, how much fun it is to dance, right? I met two friends there. They happened to be two bartenders from a local bar. We never got to go out. Her, one of uh, Dom's friends was putting on the event. My friends were putting on the event. Our friend Eric came. Man, it was fun to dance at 6.30 in the afternoon. You know, I, I remember when Daybreaker did their first event. I went to their first event um, in coffee shop on a snowy day. So everybody that went that day was super committed because was great, and it was this beautiful morning dance party. And what people need to start understanding as we start to take a bigger look is this idea that, you know, Earth is a vessel. Our bodies are a vessel. Every resource on that vessel is part of the balance and the harmony. Right? So if you cut down the rainforest, you do something to the thing that, that cleans the oxygen. So if you smoke cigarettes, you do something that cleans the oxygen. Right? You know, if you have a lava flowing out of a volcano, it's not a, you know, it's not a catastrophic leak, but it's a leak. Um, and, you know, part of what we need to understand is the same way our bodies will age and change and be impacted by the environment, so will our planet. So I go back to this understanding of, of um, you know, how important it is to humanity to colonize another planet for the survival of humanity. I think the, the Neil deGrasse Tyson fact was, if I had this right, the chance of humanity surviving as a species if we never leave humanity 
is five per, or never leave planet Earth is five percent. And if we colonize, put a self-sustaining colony on one other celestial body, the probability of the species surviving is 95%. So, you know, we are in this really, 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 really interesting time that I think is the golden age of humanity. Because this is where a couple of things are going to happen. Whether we're in a simulation, the matrix or not, a couple of things are going to happen. And they're at least going to happen in my lifetime or in my energy flow because I just know this to be true. You know, n number one, we, we will and must figure out how to coexist on this planet. And that requires a global shift in value. And so when I, you know, yesterday I, I re-watched um, The Big Short, love that movie, because I think that movie just shows how when we focus on the wrong thing, how it can have a catastrophic impact on so many lives, jobs, homes. Remember, one of the, one of the key categories we need to solve is shelter. But imagine that fraud perpetrated by all of these people over just trying to make money, right? Just money. Totally wrong. And so, you know, money doesn't matter if you're, uh, your penthouse apartment in New York City on the fourth floor or fifth floor is um, flooded in 20 years because the ice caps melt. Right? You know, there's this ongoing theme in, in all of these sci-fi movies, whether it's Planet of the Apes or, you know, uh, Waterworld, you know, where all of these cities are underwater. And, you know, that might not seem like plausible today, but it could be that a majority of, of the planet, it changes the same way our bodies change as we and the environmental impact. You know, if you don't think drilling holes into the earth all over is going to create problems, that just doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. I know that if somebody were to drill into my elbow and suck out a bunch of fluid and do that all over my body, I don't think I would look good. I mean, I guess if they sucked out fat, I would look skinnier. So, I mean, I guess there's, there's, there's some volume, but if they sucked all the lubricant out of all my joints, I don't think that would be very good. And again, go back to this theme of thinking about our own bodies and our own planet as, as a vessel where, you know, you really, you can't have a critical failure. You know, the heart stops, you're done. You know, for us, you know, the... the the heart and the lungs of the planet, you know, the Amazon plays a role, the ice caps play a role, the desert plays a role, it all plays a role. I think what's really amazing is, uh, you know, we think about these deserts, these large swaths of desert through, you know, sub-Saharan Africa, and, you know, those will change as the climate changes. And, you know, right here in the U.S. in the Nevada Black Rock Desert, 
which is where they host Burning Man. You know, I have I have the last four years as data points. When I went there the first year, I don't I don't think I saw anything. No life form, no vegetation, nothing. The second year there were a couple of bugs. The third year there was actually a bug outbreak. And the fourth year I saw like random animals. A deer, a raven, you know, that were there. And then this year was the greatest snowfall in the valleys around the desert since 1983, flooded the desert. They have natural shrimp where there was desert and where there will be desert. So think about that, right? We're, we're all worried about our desert drying out. But think about that. That Mother Nature on her own is able to take a desert and create life and create migration. Think about how powerful that is. That Mother Earth is doing that. So now think about how powerful it is if you do that with your own body and your own mind by having intention and acting and living with intention. And so, you know, a lot of people might say, well, what is, what is in, intention and, and how should I think about that? You know, I, I think about the things that matter the most to me are the truth, um, which I don't think is kind of ironic when you watch the press. The president of the United States and the head of the FBI are calling each other liars while the Russians have committed an act of war and hacked the government and probably talked to a whole bunch. Like, I mean, seriously, there's no way we're going to fix the real pressing issues if we're spending time on that shit. And by the way, how much does that cost? How much does it cost to have the entire world talking about, like, and how much does the media make on advertising? Fucking stupid. Stupid. Meanwhile, meanwhile, healthcare is fucked up. People are sick. People are sick from environmental things. People are sick from putting the wrong stuff in their body. People are sick because they take too much Advil, and it's not good for your stomach. Well, why are they taking the Advil? They're taking the Advil because they're allergic to some genetically made piece of wheat that's on the white bread on the sandwich that they have every day for lunch. They don't know any better. How do they know any better? Everybody loves a ham and cheese. I don't, but, you know, it's what I hear. Um, so, you know, there's these things that we've done as our species has evolved that I don't think were malicious when they started, but now they've been driven by economics. It's driven by economics, right? The health system is not driven by making sure everybody lives longer and is healthier. The public policy is not driven by that. Nothing is driven by that. When in fact, public policy should be for everybody to live as healthy as possible, as healthy as possible, for as long as possible. And the current economic system, that's not the goal. 
right? That's not the goal. We don't, we don't talk about that as the goal, right? And the reason that's not the goal is that's not in the interest of business. But ironically, the businesses, most of them in the U.S. aren't even domiciled in the U.S., or, or a lot of them aren't because they don't want to pay taxes. So here you have all these corporations acting in their own best interest, not the best interest of the people or the customers. And so when I think about all of these revolutions around the world over the last however many years, 10, 20 years, to include the Arab Spring, right, this is about the people awakening and understanding. And so that level of awakening and understanding has to go one level deeper. And that level deeper is we need to understand the ins and outs of every little detail of what we're doing. And if we start by just looking at our own bodies, our own vessels, and how we interact with food, water, shelter, and health, right? Health is a big deal. Like, you know, do you take two a leave every single morning? And do you think that's good for you? And do you understand what chemical you're putting in your body? Right? And, you know, we've talked about this before, this idea, like, why are drug companies the largest advertiser on TV? Like, how, how is that appropriate? Why is that appropriate? Why should there be any medical advertising on TV? Well, the reason is, is that there's this huge system of billing and payments and insurance that a lot of people are getting really, 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 really rich in. And, you know, why does your doctor give you this prescription and not that prescription? Well, you know, because somebody told him about a product. Does he, does he know where the chemicals are coming from that make that product? We think about the opioid addiction. You know what the drug dealers have done? You know, if you don't think Mexican cartels are one of the more innovative organizations in the world then you should watch the footage on El Chapo and you should understand that as the world has changed in terms of the opioid addiction, in Mexico, they've replaced all of the marijuana with poppy and they have um, pharmaceutical plants owned by cartels literally stamping out pills. Their cost is, I don't know, one or two cents. Same as any pharmaceutical company. And they're charging $20, $30, $40 on the street. You know, what it, again, what's the utility value to society? And, you know, my friend Jordan said to me the other day, you know, that I needed to sit with my discomfort in my, in my pure sobriety and clean living. And, you know, again, if, if I think about it, this has been a, a nine-year journey, right? When nine years ago when Angie got pregnant, you know, I decided when we found out, you know, I decided to kind of quit drinking in solidarity. And that lasted 21 months. 
I got six pack abs at 37. It's amazing. Amazing. Um, and, you know, over the years, you know, I have this hereditary stomach issue. You know, my grandmother had a hiatal hernia. My mother had it. Uh, when my mother was 40, she had a massive stomach bleed, almost died. They removed half her stomach. I was lucky enough that, you know, when I, when I, I got diagnosed with a hiatal hernia, same as mom and grandma, in 2000, I had it fixed um, to, to avoid problems in the future. And as it turned out, it, it, it created a different problem, which is it, you know, created this kind of lip at the bottom. So all this stuff that I put in my stomach, my stomach is super, super, super sensitive. Um, and so, you know, when I hurt my hip, I'm still recovering from this hip injury. It's been three years. You know, last time I heard it, I was, you know, I'd gone on this, don't take any Western medicine, you know, should all be organic. Um, but unfortunately, you know, with that stomach condition, I had, you know, another near life experience. And so, you know, here we are a couple of near life experiences later. And, you know, my, my kids are now asking me about drugs. Um, an eight and a half year old, because, you know, they have the internet and they have video games with drugs. And, you know, you, you just, I'm, I'm of the belief that you need to educate earlier, that you can't try to keep these kids sheltered, that there's just too many screens. So you got to teach them how to be safe. And, you know, when I was talking before about the golden age of humanity, you know, we are moving into a time when, you know, your money, your money, whatever that means, your money, your credits, whatever it is, right? In the sci-fi movies, they never call it money. They call it credits. You know, you might actually, what, what, if, what if we created... A universal, I mean, I've talked about this before, and I, I know there's companies trying to do it, but, you know, a, a universal, like, credit that you earn in humanity. Whatever, regardless of the currency, you get this credit. You do something right online. You do, you post something. You're a content creator. You write something. You create something. What if there was this universal ability to, to give utility? Now, you know, you really need to be cautious about that because this is not, you know, giving the Kardashians likes and turning that into money, although they've been very good at turning likes into money. This is about, this is about value. You know, you, you know, you help somebody's grandmother carry the groceries home every day after school, you know, whatever, little things where you know, we create a utility value of good for society driven by your behavior. So, you know, if you have a whole bunch of extra food and you donate that to a shelter, you know, right now, sometimes you get a piece of paper for tax credit. But, but what if you got a utility credit? So, you know, I, as a donor, could, could give the tax shelter utility credits that I've earned I could, I could contribute them to this shelter, and the shelter could offer them to people that bring in goods. So we would have the original barter system back. The problem is today's barter system is focused all about money. 
And that doesn't work really well for you if you live in a ghetto. And you want or you see or you're, you're marketed to all of these things that, um, that really, really don't matter, right? You know, how many TVs do you need? How many new TVs do you need? I'll tell you what, if you bought a Sony 30 years ago, you needed one TV, that Sony. Now, part of the reason that that economic system doesn't work anymore is that technology is changing so quickly. It doesn't make sense, really, to buy a $10,000 TV. That doesn't make sense. Unless you want to be the first one to have a super thin 900-inch display wall then maybe, but, you know, this, this idea of what people need, people need a good refrigerator, you know, they need running water in the sink, they need very, very basic things, and this is everywhere, right, in Africa, one of the challenges with, you know, all of um, the uh, malaria and all these other vaccines is that they don't have refrigeration, so, they have a hard time getting it to the people that need it and keeping it cold. And, you know, it's about distribution. It's about logistics. You know, that's why having guys like Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos tackling the world's problems is really, I think, great for humanity because it's about solving problems that they've had to solve around scale. Uh, both of them building massive companies, one being you know, in the digital realm around software and one being in the physical realm. Um, and I think, you know, we've got this next evolution of understanding, you know, how do you protect your identity online? How do you protect your credit cards online? How do you protect all of these things? You know, how do you authenticate? So when you go to a website, you know, you've got your settings where, you know, you control what data they get. I don't always want everybody to know who I am when I'm looking at something, right? Because then they can use technology to change the price, to change whatever, right? There needs to be some anonymity in this very, very connected world. The average person now, you know, in New York City walking around, you get recorded 30 times in a day. 30 times a video. I mean, that's insane. Good for security, not good for privacy necessarily. So, you know, again, we'll continue the conversation. But, you know, let's, let, let's remember a couple of key things. It is our job to make everybody understand that we need to express gratitude for every moment we have to experience life. Like, this is... A super, super, super unique experience in the universe. And so I think we, number one, need to have gratitude for every moment. Number two, we need to figure out how to have the vibrational energy of the people of the planet, the species of the planet, the animals of the planet, be happy. 
because that vibrational energy by all the creatures on the planet will definitely radiate that energy off this planet. And that'll be good for the survival of humanity. And, you know, I, I think the connection with, with other life forms, which will happen at, at some point. And I think lastly, you know, in this, in this crazy time of um, a lack of integrity, a lack of security, a lack of confidence that, you know, governments or police forces or, you know, pu public organizations are actually serving the people, which I, I, I think in some cases in, in the charge of government, I think, you know, that's true. In the case of the NYPD and the NYFD, I think that's totally not true. I think those organizations have nothing but the best interests of the people they serve. And that, when I see the leadership, gives me hope that there is leadership. But systems need to change. There are things wrong in, in everything. You know, even the organizations I mentioned have their own challenges. But we got to focus on the important things. Wake up every day and express gratitude for the day that you're going to live. Love your family. Embrace your family. They are your family. So don't forget that. Be happy. And let's work together to make... Uh, humanity a better place, a place that lives on with happiness. So anyway, hope you enjoy. Much love.